BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hidden beneath the world we know is the world they inhabit. Dave? Yeah, Mom? What are you doing? I'm taking over a TV network. Well, finish up, honey, and get to sleep. They're hackers. Hackers penetrate and ravage private and publicly owned computer systems. Hack the planet! Hack the planet! It's not just something they do. Sure this sweet machine's not going to waste? Are you challenging me? It's who they are. I win, you wear a dress on our date. And if I win, so do you. They can crack any code. And get inside any system. Hello? Mr. Gill, according to our records, you're dead. I'm what? But this time... Come here, look at this. It's some kind of virus. Unless $5 million is transferred to the following account, I will capsize five oil tankers. They just hacked the wrong guy. Game's over. Whoever wrote this needs somebody to take the fall. He's about to commit the perfect computer crime. You've created a virus that's going to cause a worldwide disaster? And they're about to take the blame. A hacker planted the virus. <laughs> but it's the perfect cover. Don't we're being framed. Can we be allies? I don't play well with others. Oh, wow, we are fried. Okay, let's nail it. No. You're not good enough to beat me. Yeah, maybe I'm not. But we are. They're the only ones who can prevent a catastrophe. I know how to stop this guy. They'll trace you like that. Are you nuts? Come at me! Unlike any the world has ever seen. Never send a boy to do a woman's job. Hackers of the world unite. Cops in the building. I need more time. This is the end, my friend. United Artists welcomes you to the new world.
welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast and iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damien Network. And to find more from us, check out the website at themaindamien.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at themaindamien. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio. With me, as always, is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Hey, so not a bit or anything usual, just a question from a podcast I was listening to previously. The the concept of time loops in movies or TV or anything, Groundhog Day was sort of the example. Is it true that anybody that lives through a time loop, there's no way that they don't become a sociopath at some point in the time loop? Well, Doctor Strange doesn't become a sociopath, does he? Yeah. Does he? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't know. See, when... Mark, when Dan was asking you what your question was going to be yeah. before we got recorded, would have been a perfect time to tell him so we could prep for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you didn't, so I don't really know how. I don't have an answer. That's probable. I mean, you got to lose your humanity a little bit if you've lived the same day 10,000 times, right? It seems like usually the person comes out better on the other side, right? They they learn their foibles. Right. But if you, you live 10,000... 10,000 or so days, right? Well, they say that, like, Phil from Groundhog's Day, he's lived like, he supposedly lives like 10,000 of those days or something like that. It's like something really long. So there's got to be some ramifications of living in a world for 10,000 years where there's no real consequences of your actions, right? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. You could kill somebody on Monday and then it's just Monday again and then they're still alive. I'm glad they didn't show something like that, by the way. Yeah, right. <laughs> Phil just like experimenting all the different ways to murder somebody, strangulation, stabbing. It just showed an awful lot of suicide. <laughs> yeah, is that is that Ned that he meets on the street? Probably yeah, could have killed Ned, Ned a few him. times. Probably could have killed Ned a few times. He punches him in the face. That's probably as good as we were gonna <laughs> yeah. get. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. because the the discussion went from you know how everybody who hasn't watched the movie a bunch thinks that oh he just he just falls in love with Andy McDowell's character or makes her fall in love when it's more like he's lived that day so long that he just manipulates her into going out with him sure. by the end of it, you know? That, that's mm-hmm. hard to do in a day, by the way. Well, yeah. When you know every every single detail of that day and can set it up perfectly, right. it becomes yeah. a manipulation at some point. But from her perspective. Yeah. Yes. Now, let me respond to that. I've I've been married for almost four years, but I've been with my wife for... Way, way longer. So I think we met in 2000, I want to say 2006, 2007, right? So I know a good amount about my wife, as you would hope. It's still hard for me to get things perfectly, like, in a day. You know what I mean? Like, to set up a date, sometimes it's hard. Yeah. And then you're, there's always that chance you're going to say something stupid. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Or, Or, you know, I have a headache, wink, wink, you know, that, that rises and you're just like, oh, well, what the hell am I going to do? You know? Yeah. All these Jeopardy answers memorized for nothing. <laughs> and you relive the day and at the beginning of the dinner, you just put some Tylenol on. The- oh, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. But then you still say that the stupid thing that you you think is a joke, but it just winds up not being a joke. Oh, yeah. It, and, and I'm the prime candidate for something like that to happen. <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, so many days where I'm just like, yeah, I probably should just get my fucking mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> there was one thing I, now that we're talking about it with Groundhog's Day, where 
as Mark said earlier, he kills himself a bunch of times, right? Like he jumps, he walks in front of a bus, he jumps off of a clock tower, electrocutes himself, so on and so forth. How do you, like, how do you know? I, I guess at that point, he's hoping he doesn't wake up. But how do you know, like, I'm not going to wake up from this? Yeah. Because that could be the time where you don't. I guess there's no, there's no, nothing to lose at that point, right? If, yeah. you, if you kill yourself and end, and that ends the time loop, then you're like, well, thank God, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess at that point he was at the end of his rope. Yeah. And then if you wake up, it was like, oh, well, then, you know, no, no worse for the wear. If So I think, you know, this has probably been asked a, a billion times by other people. But if you lived, if you could do that, what skill, what one skill would you perfect? Good question. Guitar? See, that's not bad. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was thinking yeah. it had to be an instru- uh, instrument or something. Do you think there's probably somebody out there who would just t- like use it to be perfect, like perfect a real world skill like Excel? Like I'm gonna know everything about Excel, so when I get out of here and I get uh, and I get uh, an interview, I could put expert on yeah. Excel when they ask. Or like learn to code or learn to hack. Or the yeah. Same. yeah, there you, yeah, hey. there yeah. you go. Good leading. So you, so you get yourself a pretty sweet handle. <laughs> Acid burn. <laughs> All right, moving on. What did you guys watch this week? Did you watch anything? I had not Groundhog's Day. No, right. I did not watch that. Uh, I was on vacation, so I didn't. I, I watched the waves, bruh. <laughs> okay, Mark. What about you? No, as usual, I'm the one that doesn't really watch anything. So nothing this week. Man, my back hurts from carrying the load on this <laughs> no. one. Yeah, that, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> okay, I watched a few things. So I watched one in another, one of those other Amazon anonymous horror movies. This one was called Halloween Party, and this one was better than the one from the previous week that I've completely forgotten the name of. Oh, Black Pumpkin. This one was pretty good. It's not great, but it's silly. It's like a killer computer virus, actually, unrelated to this movie that we watched this week. But yeah. So it's a it's like a girl in college and like a computer virus comes up on her roommate's screen and it asks her what her biggest fear in life is. And you have to type it in before like this counter ends. And if you don't, then whatever you really fear the most is going to come and kill you. So Hmm. so they have to deal with that. It was fun. It was kind of stupid. It's very Canadian, but it was a good time. Like a six solid six. Uh, then I watched Trick or Treat for just still just getting amped up for 31 Days of Horror and watching all the movies that I wouldn't write articles for because I've uh, watched them already. Besides the anonymous ones, maybe I'll write articles for those weird ones. Then my wife and I, we watched on Amazon Prime. They had like a four episode documentary series about the multi-level marketing scam LuLaRoe. I think that's what it's called. I didn't know anything about this. I'd never even heard of LuLaRoe. I thought she was saying Lululemon, but apparently there was uh, the LuLaRoe was like a, a pyramid scheme from like 2016. It's still going on now, but it hit its stride in 2016. And it was interesting. Uh, it's a pyramid scheme. So, you know, people just fucking over other people. Uh, similar to the WeWork documentary, similar to, you know, and any of those documentaries of people scamming other people, Fire Festival, all that kind of stuff. It's amazing when they, these people actually get these pieces of shit to agree to be on camera. It's always yeah. fascinating to me. It's funny. I actually listened to a, a podcast about uh, Herbalife 
which is essentially another one of those L- MM- MLM. Yeah. But, but in the health sector. Yeah, I can't. So like multi-level marketing is legal. Pyramid schemes are not. And I can't tell you what the difference is between the two because they both sound like pyramid schemes. So don't really know what makes one legal and one not. This wound up being the state of Washington deemed this to be illegal. So they fined them. Yeah, I wonder if it just goes state by state kind of thing. Yeah, they laid out like these really, really minimal kind of things that separate the two and just like... Um, both should probably be illegal, to be honest. With you. I, I'm I'm such a rube that I just stay away from both. Yeah. Because they're gonna take my money. I know this. <laughs> no it, man. What is it? It's someone's just gonna take my money anyway. Might as well be someone <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, people. There are people that made tons of money. Like they're getting like checks for like fifty grand in a month or something like that. Which is crazy. But it's like they even lay out like the people that make the money are the people that are in at the beginning, you know. Okay. The people that are early adopters, yeah. Because it's all about who you who you recruit and all that. But the last thing I watched was an Amazon Prime original called The Voyeurs. It's a story about two boyfriend girlfriend. They move into an apartment in I think Paris, and they live across the street from a photographer who. Doesn't have any blinds. There's like for some reason there's not they don't they're not allowed blinds on the apartment windows. So they wind up, you know, he he winds up cheating on his wife or something. So they start to get into watching them and getting absorbed in this guy's kind of philandering and all that kind of stuff. And it stars uh Justice Smith, who I think was in the Son not the Sonic movie, the Pokemon movie. Detective Pikachu. I think that was him. And Sydney Sweeney, who is an actress that was in White Lotus, which I watched, as well as Euphoria, which I also watched. It's like similar to Rear Window, but probably closer to like Brian De Palma movies, so because it's a little hornier. And Sydney Sweeney, and I say this respectfully, Jesus fucking Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. It's not good. No, it's actually not bad. I'm saying Jesus fucking Christ in how she looks. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. You remember Friday the 13th remake? Yes. You remember the sex scene in that, like in the middle of it? Mm. Is, is that when Michael comes back? I don't remember the, the characters' names. Okay. But it's like, it's like, it's like that level. Or like Alexandra Daddario in season one of True Detective. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, now now I'm like right there with you. <laughs> yeah, respectfully. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> respectfully. <laughs> yeah, because we're we are, you know, we're respectful on this podcast with all yeah. due respect. But it's actually not a terrible movie. It popped up as like like the the movie of the week because it, it was there it just dropped on fri- last Friday, I think. So it was like right on the top of the Amazon Prime uh ui so i'm like all right well i got a night to watch so i watched it it gets silly at the end but it go it, it really just goes off the rails in a crazy way not a terrible way kind of a little unrealistic but it was worth a watch like a six six and a half and what was it called again the voyeurs the voyeurs okay yeah i want to check that out for the plot <laughs> wink wink, wink. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, real quick, if if you were to move somewhere and they if you were planning on moving somewhere, like uh, just checking it out, and they said, yeah, you can't have blinds here. To me, that's that's a game. You know, that's a deal breaker. Right. That's a red flag. Yeah. yeah definitely. Like, no, I'm gonna take my business elsewhere. <laughs> definitely. And that's all I watched. I'm pretty sure this week. I watched some episodes of The Simpsons, but that's not really worth talking mm-hmm. about. I've gotten back into watching some episodes here and there. I don't know why. It just comes and goes. Yeah. And that's about it. So interesting watches throughout. Yeah, that's it. We're going to take a quick break so you guys can listen to some messages from our sponsors and we could get paid and we'll be right back. And welcome back. Now it's time to get into this week's movie. And this week was Mark's pick. So, Mark, why don't you tell us which movie you picked? Yeah, so this week um, I picked the, uh, I believe, 1995 classic, Hackers. This is one of the movies that I watched quite a bit growing up because this was part of my sister's VHS collection because we had our own separate VHS collections. And I quote this movie way too much just to myself, just walking around going hack the planet just at random times for no reason. I I haven't watched it in full probably since the... uh, when I was doing the 365 days of Netflix and which is where I'm getting a lot of these movie choices from that list that I tried to do. So it was, it was fun looking back at it and realizing that Johnny Lee Miller is not a, either a great actor or was getting pretty poor direction in this movie because I couldn't figure out what he was going for at any point. But this movie is, is so like nineties technology like how they imagined it worked to some extent. And it's glad to see uh, Fisher Stevens playing his right nationality in a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's it's a dumb but fun movie with some great memorable lines in it. And uh, the stupid usernames um, that obviously came from people that thought they knew what cool hacker names were back then. And I 100% believe that they came up with crash override and ash the burn just so they could make the crash and burn reference at, at multiple points and, mm-hmm. and they just built everything out from there in terms of the name but yeah it was i have fun watching it it's one of those movies i could put on while doing other stuff um and checking on it every so often but yeah curious what you guys thought if you had ever seen it before sure dan where are you coming from with hackers i've never seen hackers i'd heard of it but it never interested me. And when I watched it, I honest to God, I thought it was a comedy. <laughs> like, like something along the lines of like Biodome. I think you're probably thinking of Slackers. Maybe Slackers or like <laughs> Encino Man. Some some stupid. Just like those mid-90s really dumb comedies. Because uh, like the first shot is a SWAT team just like busting down a door. And there's all this craziness happening. And then the next scene is a courtroom and everyone looks so, you know, everyone looks so serious and dour. And then they, the, the camera does that thing where it pans over the the adults, the yeah. mom, the dad. And then it pans over where there should be a, an adult. And then it slowly goes down. And it's a kid. It's a, a kid on trial. It's like, oh, this is a comedy. This is it's like blank check. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, this was a very, like, very serious type of movie. It, it, it felt like they wanted to be. The Star Trek of hacking, I guess, where all this techno babble and uh, all this stuff that like worms and, and viruses that they wanted to talk about. I just 
they lost me at a lot of these things. And I, it, it had the same terminology of like gleaning the cube, right? Yeah. With all their, with all their tricks. Like, I don't, none of this matters to anybody. <laughs> Even hackers probably like, what is this? This is not how it works. <laughs> Most of the time hackers are just sitting in a, a, a sweaty room with no AC on, right? They're just eating a bunch of junk food. It's not, it's not this hyper cool thing where everyone's wearing Morpheus glasses from the <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> it, it's not glamorous, I'd imagine, but um, yeah, this movie was. It, it made there. There was a couple of parts where I laughed out loud. Just how silly it was. Like yep. was the the, the the main guy Plague. First of all, like it's Plague, not Eugene. Like, oh <laughs> Christ! And again, that is that not something out of a comedy? That yeah, sounds yeah. like it would be a comedy. Uh, the, the part I laughed out loud the hardest was when Plague. Is meeting up with uh, what, Dade. Is that mm-hmm. how you pronounce yeah. it, Dade? Yeah. Right. Dade. He, he's meeting up with Dade, and he's like hitching a ride <laughs> on the limo. That's my favorite scene in the whole movie. <laughs> right. And, he, <laughs> and then he scoops it up on the way. It's like yoink, and <laughs> go like disappears into the mist. I just kept thinking, why? Why wasn't he just in the limo? <laughs> the limo clearly knows he's there. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. What was the point of that? That, that scene is one of two scenes that i clearly remember and will never forget in that movie it was so dumb but i think my favorite part and just because and and we we kind of hinted on this uh before recording my favorite part is a line it's not even meant to be funny but it's it's just funny with how things have gone uh at the very end where dade and angelina jolie uh, uh acid burn aka uh when they're they're swimming and it's like the most uncomfortable first date ever and he calls her elite and i just kept thinking angelina jolie the joe flacco of hackers <laughs> yeah but she does we don't really even see her do anything do we no not like she has connections right yeah because like we like acid burn in the beginning but we don't see that being her right well, she we starts rarely talking. see her touch a computer. Yeah, because other people touch her computer. That's not a euphemism, by the <laughs> way. Uh, but yeah, like other people are like, oh, like, your refresh rate is out of control, and it's like, oh yeah, like that's the Pentium processor. And I'm like, shut up. By the, by the way, the funniest part is coming from somebody that is in the last year built a computer and just hearing the. Uh, like the stuff they were going nuts over and seeing like how far the technology has come. Yeah. They're like, Oh man, it's a 28 something modem. I'm like <laughs> Jesus. It's not even 6k. Man, this laptop's got a ref- uh, frame rate of nine. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it too was much just, computer for you, bro. <laughs> there was, and there was another, like the whole, uh, there was a theme where, I think that I, at one point I thought this movie was sponsored by like Sally Mae because they kept talking about going to college. Oh. You're not going to go to college. You have to go to college. Like, why are they so hard up on college here? First of all, if if Dade goes to college, he's going to easily manipulate his grades, yep. right? He's going to give himself an A. And secondly, he this kid has the life cut out for him in cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. He is going to make bank all of these guys are gonna make bank in the in the early 2000s with cybersecurity. yeah it's it's the 
ultimate Gen X movie. And that's like the conflict from yeah. Gen X to boomers. It's like, got to go to college and get a real job. Yep. It's like, I don't want to. I just want to hack, bro. <laughs> it's like leaning the cube. It is. Yeah. Really. And but, it's very similar because they're both super Gen X movies. But there's no ninjas in this. This one's no ninjas. No. As for me, first time watching it, um, it's super silly. I enjoyed it, except my biggest exception for enjoying this movie is Lorraine Bracco. Yeah, oh, she's, she's the worst. Oh, my goodness. She is insufferable. I get she's supposed to be like the person on the outside where they get to tell everything to. But she's fucking annoying. Yeah, and it, she is phoning it in. Yeah. hard i mean it's not it, it's not fair because she does she has to read these fucking lines they gave her <laughs> like colonel who's that <laughs> cancer yeah brain cancer brain what is cancer all of this? oh my god so awful and i don't i don't get why they're fucking oh it, <laughs> it's the worst pairing in yeah. movie history and and they do it on a futon <laughs> Yeah, the typical typical tech guy doesn't have a real bed. And then that that also made me laugh at the end when she calls for plague. Like you're boning this guy, you're banging him, and you call him plague. Yeah, have some respect for yourself. (laughs) You started good fellas. Yeah, she's she's like supposed to. I guess she's supposed to be so like on the board of directors for this company. Just like. (laughs) She's girl boss, man. And she's like stooping. So and with a guy with terrible facial hair that skateboards everywhere (laughs) and he's pushing 40. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not. Maybe like he's probably in his mid 30s at this point. He's Fisher Stevens, probably like our age. Yeah, that's fair to say. My God, man. This is again, you go from Goodfellas to this. Yeah, that's a sin. Yeah. Speaking of phoning it in, Pendulette. Really got a paycheck in this movie. <laughs> I, I think that's what you were just expecting, and I, I was actually surprised with the amount of effort he gave. Because yeah. uh, he was trying a little bit, but yeah, there's a rabbit in the system. <laughs> <laughs> well, who who makes more sense being in this movie, Pendulette or Mark Anthony? Pendulette. Pendulette. <laughs> I, I was I was wondering. I, I had written down. Is this is this the movie that got J Lo interested? Like, oh hell yeah. Mark Anthony, FBI. I had to do like a dive into him because I was just like, why is he in this? <laughs> right. Like I never knew. Like I knew he was in like, uh, what, what was the, the Man on Fire? I knew he was on Man on Fire, but that was after he was like famous. Yeah. And that one made sense because it was in an Hispanic country. Yeah. I don't exactly remember where. But yeah, that made sense. But uh, I guess it was Mexico. It was Mexico City, I think it, was, it took place in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know why he's in this, but it's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, it it was a. Uh, I I liked some of the casting. Like uh, Wendell uh, Wendell Pierce. Wendell Pierce has played he, the same character a thousand times, right. but he's so she, good at it. Yeah, I would love to hear her say she. <laughs> it's so good. Like every time, the the perfect time would have been when he's getting hacked. Right, just every time, yeah, every time he picks up the, the phone, she is. It's so distracting to me when he does it in Twenty Fifth Hour. Oh, I, I've never seen that. Yeah, he does. He does she. I mean, because that like transcends, you know, that's yeah. a part a part of pop culture lore now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 
Matthew Lillard, he is like a chameleon, man. This guy is kind of like low key, like underrated, understands the assignment sometimes. Yeah. You know, like he, he can do anything. He definitely has undiagnosed ADD in the mid 90s. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I just like, he, he, I think he's in a movie called uh, SLC Punk. Summer Catch? SLC Punk. Yeah. Shut the fuck up about Summer Catch. <laughs> yeah. It's banned. Never bring it up. <laughs> Mark is getting banned. Like, he's getting all these movies banned. Fast and Furious. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> Summer Catch. You see how far I can push Ant before he bans a movie that I mentioned. He's not a bad actor. Like In this, it's really, like you said, it's really, he's off the walls, bonkers. And it's more of like a character. Yeah. But but it's the perfect performance for a movie sponsored by Jolt Cola. Yes. 100%. <laughs> uh, it, it's a, and it's a very progressive movie, this yeah. movie. Uh, you, you have multiple uh, persons of color. Uh, Matthew Lillard, I think it, he like cross-dresses in this, essentially, right? Is he a cross-dresser? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it, it's... I, I was picking up on them. I was like, oh, this is pretty progressive for a 95 type of yeah, movie. Uh, now, I don't know if that was them per- being purposely like casting for that or that they just thought that's what hackers are. Maybe. I have no idea. Yeah, and you got uh, your lead in a pixie, your lead female in a pixie cut. Right. I, I, Angelina Jolie is just, I, you can do no wrong there, really. Yeah, you could shave her head and she'll look great. Yeah, 100%. And that leads me to my next point that I, I'm curious, and I, I feel like you guys will probably agree with me. They didn't need to be high schoolers in this, right? No. no. They could have been, been Right, mid-20s. Yeah, because they're most of them were, except for Jesse Bradford was the only one that was high school age. And, and, you, and you see his butt. Yeah, that might... That might have been a body double. I hope so, because yeah. I could have gone without seeing that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, The I think the only reason they're in high school is because of the, uh, the probation that he got at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could have made him older in the beginning, and then the seven years takes him into college, but that is the only reason in high school, so they can keep bringing that fact up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, because he, he has to go to college. That's yeah. the whole, that's all yeah. his mom cares about. Although he explicitly tells her he's hacking into a TV station. She doesn't care until the morning. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. It was like, all right, so he's on probation. And then pretty much the very next scene is he's hacking into the, the television station. Yeah. And it also, I, I really, I really enjoyed it when Angelina Jolie tells uh, Dade that she's encroaching on her turf. Yeah. By doing that. Like, there's turf? <laughs> This is a gang war. <laughs> I, for what purpose, though? She ne- we never got why she was. That was her turf because she's just letting that racist televangelist on air. Right. <laughs> I, I I got unnecessarily excited during that scene. Because, like I was telling Jen, I was like, Jen, look, look, look. This is kind of like what we have at work. Like this robot. <laughs> that's a three quarter inch tape, and that's a three quarter inch deck. So like, you couldn't do that because the robot is on like an internal. Uh, you know, and I'm just kind of going in and like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's cool. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to go sit over here now. <laughs> it's like that uh, that meme of Taika Waititi showing uh, Kate Blanchett stuff when she's in her helicostume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I so that that was cool. But uh, yeah, we, we 
I didn't even think of that. We really don't see Angelina Jolie um, do anything technical. No. Yeah, the, the closest thing is maybe that video game. Maybe. Right. Yeah. And we, see that, her, we see her die in it. That was it. Yeah. Right. Is it, now, that was a PlayStation 1 game, wasn't it? I don't know what game it was, but I did see a PlayStation logo. Yeah. Because yeah. 95 PlayStation was out by then, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. It had okay. just come out. Yeah, the uh, and what was the other thing? Oh, and the only thing you saw her in the uh, the hacking scene was being in the spinning phone booth. <laughs> no, I don't think I ever actually saw her type on the computer. Yeah, and she she never announces anything like what she did. Yeah, no, she not. just wore tank tops. Yep, that's it. And, and partial nudity. Yep. Uh, so. Hackers from 1995 is directed by Ian Softley, the English director, known for K-Pax and The Skeleton Key. Last movie was a 2015 horror movie by the name of Curve, starring Juliana Huff. Stars Johnny Lee Miller, Angelina Jolie, Fisher Stevens, Jesse Bradford, Matthew Lillard, Renoli Santiago, Alberta Watson, Wendell Pierce, Mark Anthony, and Penn Jillette. IMDb score of 6.2, Rotten Tomatoes score of 32%. Budget. $20 million. Box office, 7.5. <laughs> Second movie in a row that we've watched where two people would later get married. John Miller and Angelina Jolie were married for three years before she married Billy Bob Thornton. What an interesting cadre of, of people. <laughs> she went from Johnny Lee Miller to Billy Bob Thornton and then Brad Pitt. Upgrades. I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Brad Pitt, yes upgrade over both Johnny Lee Miller and Billy Bob Thornton. I think it's arguable of where Johnny Mil- Lee Miller to Billy Bob goes. Fair enough. True. Yeah. And I, think, I, go ahead. I, I always forget um, when you're reading off the cast um, until I watch it again that the brief quote unquote cameo was not a cameo because you don't know her at the time, but the um, lawyer in the beginning is Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman, ironically playing a prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which, you know, completely different context now. Yep. Yeah. Than from the last time I watched it. Mm-hmm. You guys want to get into the plot? Sure. Dan, what do you got? All right. I'm going to give a quick shout out to our very good friends at uh, Geek Vibes Nation, Tia and Brittany, with their podcast, The Top Ten with Tia. It's a top ten list that Tia and Brittany do every week. And if that's your thing, go over to Geek Vibes Nation, gvnation.com. Check them out there. You could also follow Tia at TC underscore Stark. Yeah, so uh, top 10 uh, hacker terms in the movie Hackers, Tia. There you go. Next show. I'll listen to that. Man, <laughs> you guys get really esoteric with your suggestions for her show. Right. Like this, this poor girl. <laughs> this poor girl. She's like, I I don't know what to do here. She's Or she'll listen. She's like, you know, fuck you guys. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and she's well within her right. Only yeah. in this specific movie. Yeah. <laughs> if, if we catch you putting a, a hacker term from the net on there, Tia unsubscribing yeah is the net is that with sandra bullock that's sandra yes. bullock. okay i watched that too uh, i used to watch the computer class like every year <laughs> this was better i like this yes. much more I than this, i think this came out the same year okay but supposedly a little fun fact the net was the reason why there was pizza delivery mm, online because yeah. sandra bullock orders pizza online like well why don't we do that yeah. So you could thank Sandra Bullock. You should pay like seventy dollars for that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, more more than likely. Listen, they, the, the technology hadn't caught up just yet. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and you guys are gonna listen to some messages from friends of the podcast, and we will be right back. 
Hey, this is Ken M. Padawan J. Coach Duffy. From the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour podcast. Every week, the ODPH is talking sports, movies, TV, comics, and more. It's always a parlay of topics on each episode. You can find the ODPH on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, and wherever you find great podcasts, such as the one you're listening to right now. Don't forget to check out OchoDuroParlayHour.com, where you can find the links to all of the ODPH social media accounts, links to the bands whose music you hear each week on the show, hashtag 607 podcast info, and parlay points are a companion block section of the show. Thanks for listening to the ODPH. Now get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Welcome, travelers. It seems like you're looking for a story. Well, I got one for you. It involves adventure, friendship, and all hey, sorts hey, of... Hey, uh, Earl, why don't you tell him about that time I stole that big-ass melon? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going for more... Or you could tell him about the time I kicked your ass, Earl. I wouldn't ever tell him Do I need to get time. my ref gear on? Okay, everyone, shut up. Now come with me as I tell you a story from afar. Hey everybody, my name's David. I'm the DM for From Afar Podcast. A From Afar Podcast is all about four friends separated by distance, brought together by adventure. Hope you all stop by and give us a listen. Thanks. And welcome back. And now it's time to get into the plot for Hackers. We open in Seattle, 1988, I think. I put yeah. down 1995, and that's wrong. As a SWAT team storms a suburban household in the middle of the day, SWAT team busts down the door and blows past a mother setting the breakfast table and heads upstairs. And they knock down a bedroom door, but we don't see who they're after. And then we cut to Felicity Huffman as a prosecutor. Ironic, as she addresses the court in the trial of Dade Murphy, an 11-year-old who manages to hack thousands of systems and manages to crash the stock market with his home personal computer. Family is fined $45,000, and he is banned from possession of a computer as well as a telephone until he's 18. I love how we never see the dad again after yeah. that. <laughs> and I don't blame the dad. <laughs> <laughs> you just cost me forty five grand. I'm out of here. Yeah. yeah, the only other mention of it is uh Fisher Stevens says that, you know, they split up, then got back together, then finally divorced. Yeah. You know, when he and, does that weird exposition about the mother. Yeah. You, by Fisher Stevens you mean the plague, right? The plague, I'm sorry. And yeah. gotta gotta reference him by his government name. Yeah. <laughs> and and this is the one time in history where it the divorce was the child's fault. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's probably what he told him when when he left. He was like, "Just so you know, this is 100% your fault." <laughs> like he gets down on one knee, puts his hand on his shoulder, like, "I just want to let you know, I'm leaving because of you." <laughs> <laughs> Things would be a lot different if we still had that forty-five thousand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck that, man. Yep. <laughs> We then see this 11-year-old get in, shuttled into a car in slow motion as the credits play. And then cut to seven years later, an airplane as 18-year-old Dade Murphy, a bleach-blonde Johnny Lee Miller, flies to New York City. And then he stares down on the skyline with disdain. He gets home and he decides to hack into a television station. Basically, the first day he's allowed to do this, he just goes on hacking with sunglasses on in the middle of the night. So fuck this guy. Yep. <laughs> Huge douchebag. <laughs> And his mom doesn't seem to care. She tells him to get some sleep. And he calls up the television station and convinces the guy that answers the phone to give him the number on the modem at the station. And he hacks into the programming robot, changes out the tapes from a racist televangelist of sorts to the outer limits. So I, his discussion with the security guard 
If this was made nowadays, some he would have definitely mentioned both. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At some point, <laughs> you know, instead of instead of the other references he makes um, yeah. in this phone call. Sure. Uh, probably not throwing a 69 and a 420. Yeah. And then when he is hacking, he gets a message from another hacker asking who he is. Dade tapes in that types in that he's crash override. The other hacker identifies himself as acid burn. He tells Dade that this is their turf and to get lost. And they have a hacking battle over the tapes at the television station. And eventually Dade loses, gets kicked out of the connection. Yeah, the, the hacking battles. The graphics going on around them make me laugh. It's so it's so mid nineties. <laughs> it's so um, jolt Kohler or surge. Surge didn't come out yet. It was that frustrated me. The unnecessary close ups and just the random the random videos that they have. Yeah. Right, like the the the, the airplanes dog fighting people. Like I, we get it. It's a hack yeah. battle, so yep. you don't need to have stock footage playing in between. <laughs> Yeah, it's a little on the nose. Very much. So. And I feel like they stopped doing it at some point, too. I think the last time I remember it is when he meets her in the high school. Yeah. Oh, because he's like like in love with her at first yeah. sight, pretty much, yeah. right? Yeah, it, after that first day of school, when he comes down after being out in the rain, and he does that imagination of choking her <laughs> because of it. Yeah. Well, you don't, I don't think you see it anymore. They could, you know, they they missed out later when they could have, put in a video of like a rocket taking off and a train going into the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Or like an oil derrick going yeah. in and out. <laughs> She's going to blow. Uh, or like uh, hot dogs on a conveyor belt. <laughs> the stock film festival. Or so like nowadays it would just be memes playing. Yeah. Yep. All the way like the one with all the hot dogs hitting the girl in the face. <laughs> Uh, in the morning, his mom begs him to unpack his things and gets mad at him for hacking again, saying if he gets in trouble, he won't get into college. And we find out that they moved because his mom had to take a new job in New York City. And then Dade rollerblades to school because 1995. Yeah, and you see everybody in town in New York um, on rollerblades and no bikes to be seen. <laughs> so much rollerblading in this movie. <laughs> Just what the cool kids did, man. Yep. That and make Snagglepuss references. <laughs> uh, yep. <yeah. laughs> <laughs> you, you caught that, right? Yeah. I, that's, I, I was trying to figure out, does that just make a Snagglepuss reference? It's Matthew could, Lillard, I, man. I, I couldn't figure out if it was Snagglepuss or Top Cat. 
Now, so now that we've alienated everybody <laughs> under 35, yeah. uh, Snagglepuss was a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And Hanna-Barbera was a, like, you know, the Flintstones and the Jetsons. That It, it was, it's not Nickelodeon. It was yeah. Hanna-Barbera. Yeah, what does he say? I don't even remember what the reference was. <gasps> Something even. Yeah. <laughs> He's elite. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, I got to go back and watch. I wish I would have wrote down what he said. <laughs> it, it just took me by surprise. Yeah. Uh, so he tries to talk. He goes to school and he tries to talk to someone that's talking on a payphone to figure out where the principal's office is. And the guy blows him off. He winds up in some office filing out, filling out some paperwork and gets interrupted by a 20-year-old pixie-haired Angelina Jolie, character named Kate. She takes him around the hall, showing him where his classes are, and then tells him that he should go to the roof and check out the Olympic-sized pool up there. So, like an idiot, he goes up to the roof, and there's a whole bunch of nerds up there that fell for the same prank, and then the door closes behind him and locks them all up there. And then it rains, and Dade has to walk to his next class soaked. It was computer class. Okay. I'm sorry, did you guys think that the other nerds would play a part? (laughs) No, I didn't. Okay. Yeah, I thought, like, oh, okay, so these are going to be his fellow hackers. (laughs) I mean, that's probably more true to life, right? Right. That's what I thought. Like, oh, you know... You had you had some of the outcasts. That would be the perfect right. the perfect team. Yeah, and then like they could go to dorky, war. Like the two dorky kids from Billy Madison, you know, that he meets in yes. high school. Those kids are hackers. One hundred. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, that would have been cool because then they could have taken on Angelina Jolie and like the cool hackers, you know. Yeah. Like but, Angelina Jolie is not no no offense to Angelina Jolie, but she's not hacking. No, like she's she's probably distracting. The hackers. Yeah. Right. Right. Like it's just like making like really subtle movements and just like, oh, you know, they, everyone gawks <laughs> at her. Whoa. Pubes. <laughs> that's that's what hackers say, man. I didn't make it up. That's just what they say. <laughs> oh, sorry. That one got me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, I I feel like I'm downplaying Angelina Jolie here, and I apologize. No, I just think that she would have better things to do than hang out with a bunch of sweaty nerds in a in a room with Jolt Cola. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. But it, I mean, she, in this movie, she's the perfect she has the perfect look of the leader of the cool hackers. Yeah, because you know, she she's no nonsense. She's got the pixie haircut. You know, everyone loves her. Right. So she she'd be the perfect person to lead against uh, Dade's nerds. Yeah. It's so weird in this movie that he literally doesn't have a romantic rival. Right. Like she has that loser boyfriend that's in two scenes and then he just <laughs> like, just exits the story. And, and that boyfriend, the window? That, that actor obviously did not know how to ride a motorcycle because they never show him actually sitting on this motorcycle when they cut to him he already has the helmet on like that is clearly another actor oh yeah oh yeah yeah you're right yeah like there's no one vying for his attention like also like or her boyfriend who's like an other hacker yeah 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 they could have hacked for her love yeah exactly that's what this movie really should have been not trying to stop an oil tanker from tipping over (laughs) i guess i guess he does hack for her love though but it's just her him versus her Yes. Oh, yeah, because they have the bet. Yeah. Yeah. That that makes sense. I just, to me, this would have been, you know, this could have been the 80s. This could have been the 90s version of, you know, my dad owns a ski lodge 
and we're gonna hack to see who takes it over. <laughs> Just like it would it would have been cool if something like that, like they own turf, quote unquote. Like we're gonna hack to see who owns this turf. So black hats versus white hats, basically. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what that is. I don't want to, you know, like I, I have no idea, but it sounds right. Uh, in his computer class, Dade hacks into the school computer system and changes around his schedule to match Kate's. The guy that blew him off from the payphone watches him do it over his shoulder and then tracks Dade down after class and introduces himself as the freak. He gives him an invitation to something called Cyberdelia. My favorite part about this introduction is he introduces himself as though he is some world-renowned known hacker. Yeah. He's like, I'm the freak. Yep, and then like a couple <laughs> of other different types of names. Yeah, and um, Johnny Lee Miller just stares at him. Yep. And then Freak gets hounded by a 16-year-old Jesse Bradford, begging him for a handle, and those two walk away. And later, Dade shows up at Cyberdelia, and he sees Matthew Lillard outside talking about a mixtape he made of artists that died choking on their own vomit. Also, what does Matthew Lillard do in this movie? He doesn't seem to hack. He does plant that bug in the Fed office. That's right. Yeah, he's more... He's like a thief, really. Yeah. He's a guy that could just, like, lift something if he, if he needs something lifted. I think he's the uh, he's really like the comedic relief. Right. But in terms of like the actual operation. Right. He steals the books, the rainbow books. Yeah. Uh, and then he plants that bug. And then Dade goes into inside Cyberdelia and it's so fucking 90s. It, it, this almost looked like the scene from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yep. Right. With Teenage all the kids. That and Double Dragon. Oh, double Dragon, yeah. Big time Double Dragon feels. Yeah. <laughs> and he sees Kate playing a video game and she gets the high score, which beats her previous high scores. After he says something super sexist, she challenges him to try his skills and he immediately beats her score. So she storms off with some other guy. Then outside, Kate rides off on the motorcycle of the other guy, Curtis, who apparently doesn't do anything of interest. Which I'm gr- I'm glad he's even in this movie then. <laughs> like she should she should just ride her motorcycle away. Yeah. Like she should be the badass on the motorcycle. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like she's badass enough where that makes sense. Yeah. Oddly enough, thinking about it, this movie actually passes the Bechdel test. Um. Hmm. Does it? Does she ever talk about her? Who does she ever talk to anybody? Does she ever talk to another girl? I don't think she does. Oh, doesn't. Well, well I did. think she's. Well, if if you want to count Dade's mother, but Dade's mom only says something about him. Yes, because she said the only line that she says to Angelina Jolie is, "I see now. I see what all the fuss is about." What what a weird scene that was too, right? Like she she leaves them alone in the room and then pops in to just let them know, "Hey, you could have anything in the fridge," and then leaves. Yeah, adds nothing to the scene. I'm I'm trying to think. I don't I don't. I don't think, think there's another. I think the closest is maybe she's talking to a classmate when he comes down from the roof, but that's might be the closest. That's the closest, but the part of the rules is that character has to be named. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even realize she didn't talk to him. So retract all of that that I said. Yeah. It does not pass the Bechtel test. <laughs> yeah. That's two movies in a row. That's <laughs> probably more than. That. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to fail. Which is the point. (laughs) (laughs) I think Uh, a lot of them try, so. uh, Back home, Dade hacks into the school computer system and sets the sprinklers to go off at 9.30 a.m. So he goes to school and calls Freak out to the hallway and opens an umbrella just before they go off. Classroom's all empty and all the students file out into the hallway. 
Kate approaches Dade and Zal, what the hell is going on? And he's all like, guess the pool has a leak, and she storms off. Freak, meanwhile, loves it, especially when he sees girls in white shirts. <laughs> the one, one thing I was thinking about, I, I should have looked it up on the IMDb, but is this is this one of Johnny Lee Miller's first American roles? Because yeah, I probably. I feel like he's trying to perfect his American accent throughout this entire movie, and maybe that's why he's so stilted. Maybe. Um, I would think it's probably one of his earliest. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, isn't is this pre? This is even pre Train Spotting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was Sherlock Holmes, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. In elementary. Elementary. That's right. That's 156 what it was. episodes. 154 oh. episodes. I didn't realize that show lasted that long. Yeah, that's a long time. It was on CBS. That's why. That's true. Uh, a fine product, right, Dan? Uh, one of the best. <laughs> America's most watched network. <laughs> Or so I'm told. I I don't watch it. In poetry class, Kate, now wearing a devil's jersey, quotes her mom, who is apparently a writer of some sort. Dade quotes Ginsburg, which makes Kate mad because he's not even supposed to be in the class, but he's on the teacher's role, so he's in. And Matthew Lillard quotes Ozzy Osbourne, even though he actually isn't in the class, and he gets shooed out by the teacher. After a quick scene of Dade and his mother butting heads, Dade meets up with Freak and Lillard, who goes by the name Serial, and Joey, who is played by Jesse Bradford. Serial passes around a bunch of books that serve different purposes to hackers. Uh, these are apparently are real books that are being created by the Department of Defense. And Joey talks about how he hacked an ATM in Idaho from his home to spill spit out a bunch of cash. They give Joey shit because he could get caught by the FBI and tell him he's got to do a righteous hack. And they talk about the most commonly used passwords. Love, secret, sex, and God. Which is, I don't know, I, I guess was probably true. It's a weird number. Like, I, I was going to guess one, two, three, four, five, or zero, 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 zero. <laughs> yeah. God is a weird one because, like, it's too short. Yeah. Right? I mean, or was we're, this we're looking before? at it from 2021 perspective. In terms of we that, have to have 14, 14 characters. One's got to be a capital letter. One's got to be an exclamation point or, you know, all God. that bullshit. Things were so much easier back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have the same password that you had 30 passwords ago. Oh, man. Even though you already, like, you type in the old one. Yep. Or you type in a new one and they say it's the same as the old. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Help me out here. Yeah. Uh, obviously, my password was good because I can't, I personally can't even remember it. Later, Joey goes home and tries to hack into a mining company's computer system. The system is being monitored by Pendulette, who calls his boss, quote unquote, the plague about the potential hack. Plague skateboards into the server room, played by Fisher Stevens, because it's the 90s. Meanwhile, Joey is copying over a bunch of files labeled garbage. They manage to trace Joey's activity before his mom comes in and unplugs the computer. Then Joey then stashes the disk that he was copying files into in his vent. Freak and Serial then take Dade to meet with another hacker named Nikon. There they watch TV. First, the news report interviewing Agent Gill, played by Wendell Pierce, hacker enemy number one, as they call him. And he talks about how dangerous hackers are. And they switch over to a hacker TV show starring two hackers named Razor and Blade. And they give tips on how to hack the collect call companies. Then while he's in the shower, Joey gets raided by the FBI. He gets his computer seized, taken away. Mark Anthony plays an FBI agent, which is weird. And then Lorraine Bracco shows up in the movie as a member on the board of the mining company. And she gets talked down to by the plague for getting hacked. And her whole purpose in this film is to ask stupid, inane questions. And the plague says that their tanker ships are being held hostage by the hackers by a virus called Da Vinci. that threatens to release oil from the tanker ships unless they give them millions of dollars. 
After the meeting with the board, the plague tells Lorraine Bracco that he created the Da Vinci virus in order to cover up the hack that they had already planned. Margot, which is Bracco, and the plague were going to steal $25 million from the company. Joe, Joey took the files that could incriminate them, so they pinned it on Joey so that he would confiscate the files and he could get access to it. Joey's arrest news makes the rounds with the hackers. And Agent Gill comes to talk to the plague and tells him that they think they they think Dade is involved. So they bust into Dade's house and Gill tries to get information out of Dade to no avail. So then the plague tries to talk to him, heck, hacker to hacker, looking for the disc that Joey copied. And he starts breaking some shit when Dade refuses to write out his friends. Then tells Dade, Dade that he'll be in touch and leaves. So Dade has a dream that Kate comes into his room ready to fuck, but then is interrupted by the feds storming in and arresting Dade, which the dream sequence comes out of nowhere. The, the yeah. dream sequences in this are terrible. Yeah. There's like no warning. No. And no. you always know that it's not that it's a dream, mm-hmm. right? Like a good dream sequence would kind of lead you to believe like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. I, for, for instance, uh, have you guys ever seen it comes at night? Yeah. Like, those are really good dream sequences up until he the person wakes up and like, oh, shit. All right. Now it's a dream. This is just like, yeah, Angelina Jolie just busts into this guy's room and starts undressing in front of him. Sure. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> I mean, if I had a genie. <laughs> <laughs> if I had it my way, sure. At night, Freak and Dade go to a party at Kate's house. Freak says that Kate's mom writes self-help books and Nikon and Serial are also there. They all check out the girls at the party, and we find out that Nikon has a photographic memory. That's why his name is Nikon, get it? Makes yep. perfect sense. Joey, meanwhile, is forced to attend an Addicts Anonymous meeting, and Mark Anthony is at the party, undercover as a hacker. The hackers wind up in Kate's room to look at her laptop, and then Kate and, and Curtis... Look at, and sorry, and Mark Anthony in this scene has a very hello fellow kids look oh, about him. big time. <laughs> Yeah, you can't. Those cheekbones. No. You can see those those babies a mile away. <laughs> it's not the cheekbones of a 20-something year old. <laughs> cheekbones of a man with a lot of miles. Uh, the hackers wind up in Kate's room to look at her laptop, and then Kate and Curtis go into her room to fuck, and the, the guys get real quiet while Kate hasn't seen them yet. But then Dade, the gentleman, alerts her that they're in the room and Kate and Curtis stop. And it's revealed that Kate is Acid Burn, the hacker that kicked Dade out of the television station network. At the Plague's apartment, Plague tells Margot who he's fucking, that he's hacked the FBI system and found information on Dade's parents. And insinuates that he's going to use Dade's mo- mother as leverage to force Dade to give up information. I love the idea that all he had to do was impersonate an Alabama state trooper, and he was able to get into the FBI database on the history of everybody in America. Yeah. Like, there are there are points of this movie where it's like, uh, it was that easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it kind of tracks. <laughs> Probably. In a pre-9-11 world, it most certainly does. Big time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know, Fisher Stevens is great at uh, acting as a nationality that he's not. <laughs> at the party, Dade starts hacking using Kate's computer, and they start flirting over talking shop and computer parts. And they challenge each other to a hacking duel. If she wins, he has to do a bunch of hacking grunt work for her. If he wins, she has to go out on a date with him. They basically have to hassle Agent Gill, and the one that does the best wins. So a montage of the date and Kate trading computer fraud on age against <laughs> Agent Gill. They hack into his credit card account and make it look like it's maxed out. They change a personal ad in the newspaper to make it him inundated with kinky phone calls. They charge... The best acting in the movie is him yelling at the telephone. <laughs> ah, that's disgusting. <laughs> I'll smack your ass. 
<laughs> we must have had so much fun. There must be so much um, like footage on the cutting room floor from that. Sure. Just like a camera roll. Yeah. Letting him go. They changed the NYPD computer to make it look like Gil has outstanding warrants, and then the Social Security office thinks he's dead. After the montage, the duel's tied up. So they up the stakes of the duel. Whoever loses will have to wear a dress on their date. Dade, then, back at home, gets delivery of a laptop with a message from the plague that autoplays when he opens it. It's some, some sort of self-important diatribe about how different hackers are from regular people, and that Dade should really think about helping him out. And meanwhile, Joey gets unpunished and goes to meet up with Freak with the disc at Washington Square Park. Tells Freak that it's just garbage files, but the feds are asking about it, so it must be something important. And Freak realizes Joey's being ta- tailed by Mark Anthony and some other cop, and they all run. The worst stakeout people <laughs> ever. There, there's a great line where uh, the the one Fed and Mark Anthony are uh, discussing. Uh, what's his name? Joey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're discussing Joey. Like, oh, have you seen Joey? No, he's still grounded by his mother. Like, well, yeah. Who else is gonna ground him? <laughs> they're, they're like so condescending about it. He's a high schooler. Yeah. It says more about the security system than it does about him. Right. Freak manages to stash the disc in a public bathroom, and then he goes home. After dreaming about raided, getting raided, Freak wakes up in the morning and promptly gets raided. Freak gets taken to jail, and with his one phone call, he calls Kate Collect and tells her that the disc is hot, and he tells her where he stashed it. So she goes to go get the disc, and her and Cyril go to Dade's house. They ask him to help them figure out what's on the disc, but he says he can't, but he'll copy it for them. And the plague calls Dade and says that if he doesn't give him the disc, he's going to hack the police database to make it look like his mom has a warrant for her arrest. And when she's arrested, he'll delete her file, making her essentially lost in the system. So Dade leaves when his, when his mom is asleep and calls on a payphone to tell Plague his location for the drop. He waits, and then a Plague literally rolls by on a skateboard holding onto a limo and just grabs the disc and leaves immediately. Best scene in a movie. <laughs> it's, it's like the super lame Batman. Yeah. <laughs> swoops in and vanishes into the shadows on a skateboard it is so weird it's such a weird choice yeah they could have done anything again the easiest simplest solution have him roll up in the limo roll the window down and then take, it. yeah and then drive away that's the <laughs> how they decided to come up with anything other than that makes zero sense yeah it's not it's not that's not very gen x-y though that's true. Yeah, it's got to be on a on a skateboard or a rollerblade. Yeah. So Dave goes to Kate's house and finds her serial and Nikon trying to make sense of the data on the disc. Da- Dave tries to tell her that he gave the disc to the plague, but they blow him off. And he tries to his hand at finding out the info on the disc. So then we get a hacking montage. A whole mo- bunch of meaningless equations fly by his head. It would probably be more accurate if it was just ones and zeros. After a bunch of pizza and jolt cola, Dade figures out that the disc doesn't have a virus on it. It's a worm. And it's the good old-fashioned Superman 3 plot. This word is eating cents off of every transaction in an effort to compile $25 million, which once it'll get, it'll then erase from the system. <clears throat> they then realize that it's an inside job from the plague, and he's using the virus as a distraction and plans to make Joey and them all as the fall guys. Tate tells them that he gave the plague the disc because he has a record and that he's the infamous Zero Cool. They're all very excited about Zero Cool, so they'll band together to try and clear their names to stop the plague. Dade and Kate go dumpster diving at the company's main office, stealing documents that they find and almost kill a poor old security dude. <laughs> Another useless scene. <laughs> yeah. you, you just have them get in and get out. 
Yeah. Meanwhile, Serial and Nikon steal a manual from the phone company. Then Serial plants a bug on the Fed's phone system. Nikon uses his photographic memory to memorize passwords walking through the office. The plague decides to release the Da Vinci virus in an effort to stop the hackers. And he tells Gil that if this that if this happens, the Feds will be held responsible. And he set so Gil sets a war rest of warrants for the four hackers to be executed for the next morning. Because of the bug they planted, they were able to hear the request for the warrant. So they meet up on subway. They look through some of the documents, and Serial finds a memo that mentions the Da Vinci virus and an oil spill that hasn't happened yet. They realize that there's they are there's plans to have them blamed for this oil spill. So Kate and Dade go to meet up with Razor and Blade to try and get them to help out. They find them in an underground club with Urban Dance Squad performing, which I thought was Rage Against the Machine at first, but it was not. I, I thought the exact same thing. <laughs> like, how did they get Rage in this? Yeah. The plan would be to kill the virus and to steal the worm programming. Uh, Razor and Blade agree, but they say that they're going to need more help. Dade sets up a program that changes the traffic lights to however they want them, which causes the cops to crash while they are attempting to serve the arrest warrants. And the hackers are able to rollerblade freely into Grand Central Station. A commandeer a bank of payphones and get to hacking. Joey shows up to help out. They all go to work hacking into the mining company's computers and phone systems. The play gets on and tries to combat all the moves that the hackers do. All the while, Margot asks the dumbest fucking questions. <laughs> oh, man. I, th- th- that scene was so goddamn annoying. <laughs> oh, just, someone should have just been like, get her out of here, please. Yeah rabbits kernels what's going on here cancer <laughs> yeah it, i think like, the, the director just told her be as annoying as possible yeah she's so much better of an actress than she is i know <laughs> and that's the crazy thing that's what i'm talking about. like that that's the total difference between an a-list director like scorsese and then a huge drop off from this yeah you know like even maybe if you didn't know anything about her and you just saw her in Goodfellas and this, right? Like you would think that it's it's her fault. Like, oh, this <laughs> this woman's a terrible actress. That's not the case. It's just yeah, the 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 role she was given is beyond terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Penn tells her everything that she needs to know. <laughs> the plague finds out that they're at Grand Central Station and calls Dade on the payphone, telling him to give up. And the cops are on their way. But then Razor and Blade call to announce their arrival to the plan. And a series of hackers from around the world get the call to help out. It's kind of like that scene in Independence Day. <laughs> I, I was going to say, is this like the hackers end game? Where, yeah. On yeah, your left. Like, Ra- <laughs> Razor Blade say, on your left. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, Angelina Jolie opens up the portals. <laughs> <laughs> from the spinning tele- payphones. <laughs> you just hear the, the collect number uh, dial. <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Then we have a hacking montage with rotating payphones as they start to get the upper hand. Basically, with so many hackers helping out, there's too many people hacking for the plague to catch them all. Dade eventually finds the garbage file, but is then kicked off by the plague. But Joey's making headway, so they start coaching him through the hack. Meanwhile, the feds go to the pay- get to the payphones, but the team has moved on at this point. They manage to copy the full garbage file, then Razor and Blade crash the company's system. And the virus dies, and the tankard stabilized just in time. And the feds catch up to the hackers and arrest them. Dade manages to toss the disc into the trash before he leaves. As they put him into the cop car, he sees Serial and yells a coded message that he put the disc in the trash. And he also yells, hack the planet. So Serial goes and fishes the disc out of the trash. Yeah, you would think if they were detectives, you know, top level law enforcement, 
that the fact that the guy being arrested kept yelling the word trash over and over again may have been some kind of hint. Mm-hmm. Also, they probably should have just seen and heard him throw something away. I mean, they did. He was already in handcuffs when he threw it in the trash. They should have been yeah. like, hey, what's that in your hand? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it wasn't slick at all. Yeah. Well, they actually called the feds in this the Secret Service, which didn't track for me whatsoever. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they, they kept blaming the Secret Service. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like it's one of those where the like, FBI wouldn't let them use the word the name FBI. Right. Yeah. They wouldn't they probably wouldn't have played along with this. <laughs> yeah, it's that's I bet that's 100 percent because FBI would be like, no, you can't show our computer system being that easily hacked. Right. So it's the Secret Service. Yeah, those fools will allow anything to happen. <laughs> I mean, that might not be even be like an official title for them, you know. Right. It might be yeah, you might be right. More generic. Uh, so at the precinct, they Dade tells the cops that he did it all and Kate didn't do anything, which is actually accurate, as we've seen. We haven't seen Angelina Jolie do a single bit of hacking. Uh, Dade's mother comes in and Gil tries to threaten her about Dade's future. She basically tells him to go fuck himself. And as they're being processed, Serial, with the help of Razor and Blade, commandeers the television signals all over the world in order to out Margot and the plague as the people behind the virus and the worm, and even broadcast the routing number to the offshore bank account the worm was transferring money to. So Margo gets arrested, and then the plague tries to fly out of the country with a terrible fake beard, and he gets arrested by Gil on board the plane. And then Dade and Kate make good on their bet. Kate shows up to the Dayton address, because the guys decided winning the duel was the only way Dade was going to get a date, and then they go swimming in a rooftop pool. Yeah, I and almost that... expected Dade to show up in the dress as well. Mm-hmm. For the scene. Yeah. That would have been adorable. Yeah. And that is the end of Hackers. That was a pretty fun time. Um, yeah. I enjoyed it. Very mm-hmm. silly. A very silly movie. It's super dated, uh, but all all technology movies from the mid-90s are pretty dated. Yeah. Yeah. They probably thought, like, this is the end-all be-all for this stuff. It's probably the best hacker movie I've ever seen. It's better than Swordfish. Yep. Yep. Swordfish was Hackers. just Hugh Jackman, like, dancing around a computer room. Yeah. And you get to see Halle Berry's tits. That That is a big plus, if we're being honest. <laughs> Yeah, if only for the uh, yeah, if we didn't, if Monsters Ball didn't come out later, Swordfish may have kept it a couple extra points, right? Right? <laughs> Wait, what came out first? Swordfish. Swordfish. Swordfish did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like I said in the beginning, my favorite part of this movie is I will randomly, anytime someone mentions hack or anything like that, I will immediately either say out loud or in my head, hack the planet immediately because <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in the world and a fun rallying cry. That yeah. means absolutely nothing. It doesn't mean anything. I thought it was gonna because I that was like the one thing I knew about this movie before go before watching it was Hack the Planet. I thought it was gonna play a bigger role. No, like that was gonna be some sort of like huge rallying cry, like like damn the man, save the empire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nope. Yep. Nothing. But eh, it was a good time. Good time. Good pick, Mark. Yep, and good. And I, what I love about young Angelina Jolie movies. Uh, is the fact that it is so much more eclectic than you would think in terms mm-hmm. of the roles. Um, you know, because Gia d- comes out a little bit after this, um, or maybe before it, and it's just for the s- star she turns into, she has a lot of early, like, just taking chances on ridiculous high-concept stuff. 
feel like it's Cyborg Two or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, when did it, she become like a, a like a powerhouse? Like like Girl Interrupted. interrupted. That's probably the beginning. Right. So, yeah, because that was like she's a serious actress. So this is like this is her first major role. She's in music videos. She's in a Meatloaf music video. Um, a Cyborg Two was her first real role. That was in '93. That was a directed video. And then Hackers, Foxfire, yeah, Gia, which was also seconds. Gia was a TV movie. Um, man, Pushing Tin was pre was prior to Girl Interrupted. That was that's, a pretty good movie, right? If I remember correctly, that's the one with Billy Bob Thornton. It's where yeah, she met Billy. There you go. Yeah, but I believe Girl Interrupted is the first movie where everybody. Well, yeah, that's where she won the Academy Award. Yeah, it was like oh, okay, The Bone Collector. Oh, another good one. Denzel. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That might have been you... where, outside of Hackers, that might have been the next place I saw her. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she had a run of, so it goes Bone Collector, Girl Interrupted, Gone in 60 Seconds, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Original Sin, which is the Banderas movie. That's a horny, that's a horny yeah. movie. <laughs> that's just like, that's a, a great row of, you know, great yeah. slew of movies right there. Yeah, I mean, Lara Croft Tomb Raider is not a good movie, but I'm not going to begrudge her to try and get a franchise. Yeah, and I thought she was fine in it. The the movie yeah. itself was just, you know, a blockbuster popcorn movie. Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty excellent casting choice. Oh, big time. Besides the fact that she doesn't have a British accent. Right. That she, and I she, think, you know, that she's an American. Yeah, people forgave that. Yeah, yeah she's, she was a pretty good Lara Croft. I liked it. I feel like I like saw that for my birthday or something like that. But it probably came out right, like right around there. Mm-hmm. I could see Tony D taking you to see that and going, "Yeah, this is for your birthday." <laughs> right. <laughs> Happy birthday. I have, I have no reason to see this movie. Two of them. Then <laughs> um, she had Life or Something Like It, Tomb Raider Two. Take now, now it gets a little weird. She goes Taking Lives, Sky Captain, World of Tomorrow, Ish. Alexander. Ish. Yeah, she does that run of those four or five movies we mentioned. Gets her essentially. Uh, they usually say it's more about directors, but essentially gets her blank check at that point, mm-hmm. and can just go and start making whatever, like taking whatever role she wants at that point. Yeah. And she gets into some Mr. Miss Smith, Good Shepherd, Mighty Heart, uh, Changeling. Now we're starting to get into like her Oscar performances, and then Walt Wanted and Salt back to back. I mean, she's done a lot. She's been. Yeah. Like Mark said, she she is willing to take risks. Yeah. She's never, like, after that one run, like, never really as consistent ever again, though. Yeah, it's interesting. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, because she gets to pick and choose now, and it's not, an, you know, an agent going, oh, this this movie, you know, got to do Tomb Raider. It's, you know, it's a big popular thing. We could, you know, look at the Star Wars. They're coming back out. Yeah. We'll see how she does in Internals. Sure. But she, I guess, her, she was really busy in her twenties because yeah. Mr. and Mrs. Smith was 2005, so she was 30 at Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Didn't she play like Alex? Didn't she play like the mom? Alexander's mom, yeah. When she was 29, for fuck's sakes. Uh, well, I guess <laughs> you know, in that time period, maybe. I mean, I, I, I believe Dan. He's a sorted sandals expert. So. Yeah. Yep, I know all about it. I'm your guy. <laughs> Uh, all right, you guys want to plug your shit? Yeah, uh, at the Aquino 122, my personal Twitter account at Stranger Damies. That's the Real Play D and D podcast. 
we post updates on there, new episodes, random stuff on there. I took a little bit of a break because, like I said, I was on vacation, but I'm going to I'm going to try to get back into it. But uh, yeah, come come join in. Yeah. And then, of course, the uh, Real Play D&D's podcast releases every other Wednesday. Uh, you can find it uh, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, feel free to uh, like and write a review. Um, give us those five stars on Apple. Uh, and then we have our um, gaming podcast, the Game Vault podcast. Um, airs every other Monday. Figured it out uh, last night that they, I had somehow we set it up that they alternate weeks. So one week is a Stranger Damies week, and the next week is a Game Vault week. So you can kind of keep track of when one's coming up after the other if you're into all of our podcasts. And if you are into um, all of our podcasts, I would recommend following us on you know social medias across the board. Um, we're, we're as active as you can be, you know, Game Vault Pod, anywhere for the video game podcast. And as Dan mentioned, Stranger Damies. Um, and um, as sure, uh, you know, Ant's going to plug probably, as I've been saying on all streams and podcasts, my favorite time of year for our website coming up. OK, great. And yes, we are They Called Some Movie. You can find us on Spreaker and wherever you get your podcasts just by searching They Called Some Movie. We're the main aiming.com. That's our main website. And yes, starting in October, we will be doing 31 Days of Horror, trying to get all 31 days. Uh, we will be putting reviews and we'll be doing horror-centric episodes of this show, which we've already picked out most of what we'll be watching. That's the main That's also on all socials, the main So that's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just look for the main and you'll find us there. We're part of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find that at gvnation.com and on all socials and all podcast streaming apps just by searching Geek Vibes Nation. Tons of great shows. If you're into geek stuff, surely there's a show for you. We are on TikTok on They Called Some Movie. So search They Called Some Movie and we will pop up on TikTok. We post some little snippets of our shows on there so go ahead and give us a follow if you have any questions comments you want to recommend a movie to us hit us up at the main naming at gmail.com and if you have a second if you have a podcast app of choice please go on it find us and give us a five-star review really helps us out really gets us uh, noticed by the algorithm and the computers that decide who gets to be seen that's going to wrap it up this week uh, the director of Hackers was Ian Softly. So for Dan Aquino and Mark Myers, this is Anthony Novakia telling Ian Softly. Well, you certainly made a movie, didn't you?